From our family to your family, this is a Legacy of Faith, the podcast. Welcome to A Legacy of Faith, the podcast designed to help your family survive the day, plan for tomorrow, and always keep an eye on eternity. We're sorry we missed a couple of weeks ago, but uh, Lee, it was our turn. Our family has, has had coronavirus, at least some of us have. So we, a couple of weeks ago, we were kind of going through that, but uh, thankfully our cases weren't that very... I didn't have it. I tested negative <laughs> every time, even though I had symptoms. But uh, our cases were mild, and thankfully the people we know, most of them have been mild. But uh, we've had it, so we're safe. Yep. Kind of a weird feeling, and all of a sudden, you know, even if you're trying not to be worried and trying to just go about your business, what you know, we, we said we were going to do from the beginning, but then after it was over, I'm like, woohoo! Yeah, <laughs> like, okay, I feel like when I walk into a store, I'm like, I'm not that thought's not inside my head. That's like, right. Oh, the people right. everywhere, I'm gonna get germs. Yeah, it's still a thing, but we, you know, we, we don't want to make a lot of people who really are sick with it or in hospitals, right. but for us, it was mild. <clears throat> but that's actually, we, we were on track, but we, uh, we were like, you know. We don't feel very good, and we've been kind of, you know, scrambling this week, and we went ha- didn't want to have to an episode. So, Lee, there's a podcast I listen to that has a, a sort of a, a running segment. It's not one to do in every episode, but it's one they do from time to time. I'm going to throw it at you. It's called Trivia Time. Oh, great. Trivia. Yeah. So, you, you if you're, since you're married to me, <laughs> you, you have heard of the band, The Traveling Wilburys. Have oh, you not? Yes. Can you name... Three of the five traveling Wilburys. Uh, <laughs> this is great podcasting. Total silence. This well, is, you're gonna laugh if I even try. No, yes. it's okay. No, because this is. I promise our listeners, this is totally, totally out of the blue. Uh, I mean, uh, e- even for Tom me, Tom Petty. That is one. Correct. Bob Dylan. That is two. Very good. Mm. I'll give you a hint. One was a beetle. Oh, George Harrison. George Harrison is correct. Uh, Are you proud? One. Because I really do not remember stuff like that. One is my favorite pop slash rock singer of all time. (laughs) Uh... (laughs) Total silence again. We're three minutes in, half of which Uh... has been silence. (laughs) Roy Orbison. Ah, and then yes. the, the other one is Jeff Lynn. That's what I, oh, yeah. I, I oh, I've never yeah. guessed that. Yeah. Sorry. But, okay, Jeff, so do you have any idea why I would ask you something about the Traveling Wilburys to open the podcast? This to is embarrass me. me. This is going to be a great segue. It's because we have an announcement to make on this week's podcast that Reconnect is traveling this year. Oh. oh see? <laughs> the, that's, that's called a three-minute segue is what that boils down to. <laughs> We uh, we have decided, uh, Josh and Amanda Ketchum, and you and I have been going uh, round and round on text messages and things the last, really now for up over a month or so, uh, but especially the last few weeks, uh, getting Reconnect in place. And for those who are listening who may not have any idea what that say, is, we may need to say what this uh, is. Reconnect is a uh, retreat uh, that begins on Thursday at about lunchtime and ends on a Friday uh, after dinner. Uh, that we do, uh, that we help to uh, coordinate, is a better way of putting that, for preachers and wives. Uh, it's it's not just a marriage retreat, but it's a marriage retreat for preachers and wives. 
And the first couple of them uh, we hosted uh, in Nashville at Lebanon Road. And we had talked about... <laughs> we didn't have... <laughs> well, we, we as in the Ketchums and us. Right. We, that's where we scheduled that's it right. to be held. There we go. <laughs> um, and we had talked before about uh, not keeping it there permanently uh, for several reasons, mostly just so people from different parts of the country might have a chance to, to come. And it wasn't going to work out time-wise to have it at Lebanon Row this year as far as their calendar and our calendar. And so we decided to move the moving, <laughs> move the traveling up one year and <laughs> it traveled to Paducah. Yay! That is not just because we live here. Uh, that is not a permanent change. Uh, we, in fact, we already have some behind-the-scenes planning plans in place for 2023, and it ain't in Paducah, and it ain't in Nashville. Uh, and so, uh, but reconnect this year is going to be Thursday and Friday, May the 12th and 13th. And we're announcing this earlier than usual, partially because we have some, now we kind of have some regulars, <laughs> and, uh, but the location is different. Uh, but also because we wanted to have those dates in place uh, before the Fried Hardeman Lectures, which is the first week in February, and have those dates out there by then. Uh, so if anybody's coming to that, uh, they can uh, see you or me or Amanda, or they can corner Josh in his office, since he now <laughs> teaches at Fried Hardeman, they can you know, corner him there. Uh, and you know, ask him all kinds of questions. We'd be glad to talk about it. Uh, any preachers and wives, you know, uh, it's a very, very expensive thing, though. Uh, we we want to make it exclusive and and hard to attend. So it's forty bucks a couple. <laughs> now you do have to pay for a hotel room, but hey, you're in Paducah, so it's not that not that expensive. We I'll say though, we have some nice hotels. I was going to say that's one reason it, the change was made, and it was to me. A, easy solution because well, and it here there are hotels and restaurants and frankly it wasn't us that mentioned Baduka first it was the Ketchums that thought Baduka oh, would really? be a nice town yeah I mean I thought and, about it but yeah, I don't know but they actually they put the text the message first as, as being kind of the first place to move it will be at Central the uh, mm -hmm. the uh, lessons and, and meals uh, but there are several hotels there's even a hotel overlooking the Ohio River oh, in fact there's a couple one you might be able to afford, the other one you might not. Uh, but uh, we we love Paducah, of course. But uh, we we hope uh, preachers and wives will uh, talk about this. Registration is not open yet. We're hoping to open it next week, uh, leading up to the Free Harmon lectures. And also, uh, we have the schedule almost done. Uh, we decided to kind of one of the texts I sent actually just yesterday as we're recording this. Uh, was to kind of put a stake where we were in the planning so you and I can make this announcement uh, and then finish the planning up next week, get the registration open hopefully next week before Fried Harmon Lectures. But we are really excited about this. We won't mention this on every podcast going forward, but this is a little bit earlier than we usually mention it because of that change in location. And I forgot to go back and look, Leah. The first one, we had a huge crowd. I mean, it was we could barely fit in the entire city of Nashville, uh, the five couples who were there, or six, I think it was six. Um, but the second one, and this was coming out of COVID, we had to, we had to shut down for a year and a half mm -hmm. because of COVID. Uh, we had something like, what, like 20-something yeah, couples or something. It really, more. really grew. Uh, and so we are thrilled uh, to have that back, and uh, we already have a few of the speakers in place. And so be looking at your calendars, preachers and wise, May 12 and 13. That's, a, again, a Thursday, Friday. We do that. Uh, so it doesn't mess up your Wednesday night, and also, but then if you want to stay in Paducah on a Friday night, you know, have a little half day Saturday, you know, date or whatever, and then travel home, you got time to do that. Uh, you and I will have to, you know, get out of town so we can travel home. It's going to be a long trip, uh, arduous from uh, central to our house. Those twelve minutes are going to be rough. Um, Pack and snack. But we, 
I'm making you a promise. We're going to stay in a hotel, too. Really? There's no reason for us to drive home (laughs) at a retreat. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) We are. I don't know which one. Uh, Flea bag in or something. We will... We will figure something out. I, I, I thought about that already. I was, I was going to drop that. I already gave you a trivia time. I was going to drop you a little surprise here on the podcast. <laughs> We're going to stay in a hotel, too, because we want to retreat, too. Uh, just because it's here doesn't I mean we can't enjoy the retreat part of it. Uh, and But anyway, as I said, we won't mention that every podcast, but the Ketchums gave us exclusive rights to uh, to release that on the podcast, to announce it to the world, and we're glad to do that. They do a whole lot of work. You and I do some, but really, I, I say it every year and I mean it. They they kind of do the, the yeoman's work, and we kind of get to tag our name onto it <laughs> in some ways. But that, that may change a little this year since it's here, uh, but we, we are very, very excited about that. And uh Hope preachers will be and wives will be looking forward to that, and it really is something we have gotten a lot of compliments for mm-hmm. because it is unique. It's filled, it has filled a little void, yeah. I think, in the uh, the world topics. Of the topics are marriage things. topics. But we tell every speaker, make this about it's about preachers, preachers families yeah. dealing with these things. Yeah. So that's what we aim for. All right, so that, that's kind of the announcement side of this this week's podcast. Now let's get to the ones who aren't preachers listening going, okay, I'm not a preacher. What else you got for me this week? You you shared something on Facebook. In fact, it made the rounds big time. Uh, I saw a lot of Facebook pages uh, right as, as you shared it and then, I don't know, a day or two following. Uh, so a lot of our listeners may have seen this, and we're not going to take the time to react to all of it uh, because we want to spend some time on the, the announcement, but uh, also because we want you to read the, the whole thing. It was written back in uh, December, I believe. I printed, I printed the uh, post, but forgot to print the date on it, uh, by Brad Harib, uh, works at uh, Focus Press, and does a lot of uh, apologetic stuff, but also does a lot of writing just about just moral issues. Mm-hmm. And he wrote an article, basically, that has to deal, has to deal, has to do, <laughs> it deals with and has to do, or has to deal, um, with the husband-wife relationship with how sometimes because there's um, coldness in a marriage, because of these different types of things, uh, that either there is adultery or there is eventually a divorce, and then there's all kinds of excuses given that really show a lack of awareness, specifically of 1 Corinthians chapter 7. And we're going to talk about that specifically in a moment. But let me, let me ask the question I used to ask you on the podcast all the time. You shared this, so why specifically out of the 10 scabillion you know, marriage and family things that make the rounds on Facebook. Why did you want to share this one specifically? Uh, well. And by the way, scabillion is an actual number. I made it up, but it's <laughs> okay. It, it counts now. I think it was just because, uh, you know, like a lot of people, this kind of thing hits close to home with us. We've had, you know, family members deal with divorce and friends that we know, and. Um, Really, it had just hit at the time of having very knowing very well some people who've gone through a, a divorce, and I don't know how to say this except just to be general, but pretty frank, I'm not. There are cases sometimes where it seems, at least, seems to me that there have been, you know, like there's adultery involved, but then it turns out to be the other person's fault somehow. And so, as, as in, can of explain yourself that, that way? I, I know what well, you mean, but just this like, make you know, if, if they're saying, well, yes, I had an affair, but you go. did something wrong. You did this, you did that. And that's the angle this know, article takes. I think sometimes we try to 
you know, listen. And, and I think, you know, sometimes you try to, yes, I mean, it takes two people to have a good marriage. We like to say stuff like that. But then at the end of the day, sometimes, you know, I was seeing this happen, like in real life, not just, oh, we need to be careful. But, but in real life, I felt like I had seen people who had committed the wrong but we're really turning the guilt around to to the other person a little bit more than what I thought was really fair. Right. And, you know, obviously, you know, we have not had this happen in our marriage, but we have been, uh, as you said, people we know. And let's just be honest here. You're not a minister's family. We, you know, we haven't dealt with this as far as, you know, counseling uh, people coming to you with, with difficulties and those sorts of things. So uh, we, we have seen this over the course of our ministry more than we care to <laughs> to see it. But the angle that Brad takes in this article is what you mentioned, that sometimes the one who um, actually commits adultery, the one who actually, you know, cheats on their spouse, then then basically says, well, the only reason I did this was because you mm-hmm. dot, dot, dot. And it needs to be said, and I, I, I've said it before, I think, on the podcast, that adultery, divorce is almost never 100 zero. But it's almost never 50-50 either. Right. Um, one of you made the choice to actually break that covenant, um, to actually you know, be adulterous with someone else. Um, but because there's a lack of connection, um, a lack of intimacy, and by that I mean just emotional intimacy, connection, those sorts of things, yes, a lack of sexual intimacy, often then that's turned around and say, well, the only reason I did this is because you, you know, didn't fulfill this need, you didn't do this, or whatever. And what Brad does in this article is point out biblically, let's, let's kind of get to the biblical side of it, in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, you know, that passage that deals with um, you, you shouldn't withhold, I'm, I'm trying to, we didn't give the warnings, so we're talking about this, this on the podcast, I'm mm-hmm. trying to be genteel here, but you, you shouldn't withhold intimacy from your spouse or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he points out something culturally, that I don't think a lot of people know. <laughs> I didn't know it. I was like, okay. He is actually saying to the husbands, he's actually getting on to the husbands, not the wives, and not really both of them. But culturally, he was, Paul, most likely, and I agree with Brad. Uh, there are some who disagree, and that, you know, I, I get the disagreements, but I actually agree with Brad on this one. In cultural context, he most likely, or the better way of putting that is primarily actually chastising the husbands for withholding intimacy out of some super spiritual you know concept that they were bringing to the marriage instead of saying no this is a need of both of you to have a good marriage yeah and i think his point if i remember was that in that culture there was so much uh sexual immorality dealing with like idol worship and false worship and things like that that and by the way anybody who has studied that from a good commentary you are being very genteel right. when you say it, it was it was grossly immoral. And so the the idea I can maybe you know you can kind of see how maybe a, a person a, a, who had become a Christian really felt. I can see that being an issue. Yeah, you know, well, for my even a guy's part, you this, know, this and, this has been so you know so much a part of my life in as, a wrong a, way. Yeah, as a, as a pagan, right. as an idol worshiper, you know, however you want to word that. And I become a Christian, I see not only am I supposed to keep myself only for my spouse, but again, I'm trying to be careful here. It's considered in Christianity a beautiful thing 
a you know connecting thing, whereas in these pagan religions, it was just this orgiastic, you know, grotesque almost. And so now I'm not sure I want to give myself to my wife because I have all of that, you know, baggage, baggage and mm-hmm. just just mental hold up, and I don't understand how it can be what it is in Christianity. And so some of the resolve quite often was then we just won't have that in our marriage. And Paul's going, wait a second. This is a mutual thing. And so it, it's backward when most people yeah. think of the passage, but it's in, in cultural context. And again, that's not the only back, you know, background of that passage. But I agree with Brad. I think that is the primary background of that passage. Right. And so he, he gives that biblical background, and then he gives several points. We're not going to go through all of them. And we will link to the Facebook uh, post in the show notes. Uh, we, we will read them. But uh, what I want to do, Leah, is, is just read them. Uh, there's 10 of them. And then maybe pick out for time's sake, maybe two or three just kind of hit us we want to talk about. Maybe some things we've dealt with in counseling or, or other things. Um, but as far as how this part of your relationship is supposed to be pure, how you're not supposed to turn around, you're not supposed to go, hey, the only reason I, only reason mm-hmm. I did this is because of you. Here's some things he says. Number one, uh, marital intimacy. And I'm going to edit a couple of these just for the wording, not because they're bad wording. Again, because we didn't give kind of the, <laughs> this is what we're talking about, warning on the program. I think by now people know that. I know, so. but some people might, might just hit for the 30-second thing mm-hmm. or something. Yeah. Okay. Uh, number one, point number one, marital intimacy is about more than just the act. Uh, it's about more than coercion or manipulation just to receive pleasure. That's needed in our culture. Two, a sex-starved marriage does not make pornography right. And I like how he puts this. Period. Period. <laughs> Three, a sex-starved marriage may be the result of you not cherishing your spouse outside of the bedroom. Four, a sex-starved, sex-starved, easy for me to say quickly, marriage does not give one party the right to dishonor the marriage bed through adultery. And he mentions Hebrews thirteen four, which I think is the most powerful passage in the entire Bible about this relationship. Uh, number five, a sex-starved marriage is not grounds for divorce and remarriage. Six, 1 Corinthians 7 is not all the Bible has to say about sex and marriage. Uh, and he mentions Ephesians 5, 1 Corinthians 13, of course, the Song of Solomon. Uh, point seven, every person is responsible for their own sin. It is not your spouse's fault if you choose to sin simply because your husband or wife does not fulfill you uh, in every way you think they should. Point eight, one way to fix the perceived, in an air quotes, problem is to stop focusing on yourself so much and consider the wants, needs, desires of your spouse. Nine, Sex in a marriage should not be used as leverage or withheld as punishment. And 10, your spouse is also not responsible for how you deal with temptation. Now, some of those overlap, obviously. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know. I didn't ask Brad this. My thinking is he probably overlapped a few to get to 10 <laughs> like for a nice even number. Each one of them is individual, but some are very similar. So let me just ask you, Leah. All of them are important, and, and I think we both say we agree with all of them. But are, are there one or two that just, you know, for time's sake, let's pick up maybe two or three total. I've got one that I want to make sure we talk about, so I'll ask you for one or two. Are the one or two just kind of stand out to you as a wife, as a Christian, as someone who has, you know, listened to and talked to, to moms and wives and ladies that you just kind of go, this needs to be addressed more um, openly, maybe more from the pulpit, maybe more in classes, counseling, etc. Well, I mean, this some of the early of the earlier ones I'll group mine. Okay. I think one point one and two there, <clears throat> where it's um, about marital inti- intimacy is more about is more than just the the sexual act. <laughs> it's more than coercion or manipulation. Um, and then the next one was a sex-starved marriage may be the result 
of you not cherishing your spouse. So the reason those, I think, should be at least considered and focused on is, I mean, I, those are meaningful because it really, if, you, if, that, if that's the reason you think, well, I had a, a reason, you know, and it's this person's fault that I, I went and had an affair, then really what you've said is that was the primary interest you had in your marriage. Mm-hmm. And so when it wasn't there for you, then you just, you know, went off and, and found it somewhere else. Right. And so, I mean, that's some truth to that. And it's also important to talk about that because it forces each individual in the marriage to look at what you have contributed to your own marriage and to the satisfaction of your spouse. And I mean, we've said this before on a, I think we did another podcast similar. I can't remember the, the name of it or how long ago it was, but you know, there in, in a marriage, you really ought to be considering when something's not right with your spouse, it is okay. It is okay to say, what have I done to contribute to that? Mm-hmm. And that's a hard, you know, that's a hard yeah, thing to do. It may be you. Right. <laughs> it may be you. It that's may be something you're do, doing that, that you is not right. working. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's the question nobody wants right. to answer. Right. I mean, it can go know, both so, ways, yeah. too. I'm some, not just saying, wrong. well, the men yeah. should be thinking, what are you doing if yeah. she doesn't want to do that with you? You know, whatever. But it, it goes both ways. Like, what's, what's happening? And I think those points just kind of point out. One, it should not be the central focus of your marriage. Mm-hmm. There is more. I'm not saying right. it shouldn't be important to your marriage. Right. There's more. And when you are having a problem, and maybe if it is true, like, you know, you're a, a husband or a wife and, and your spouse is not really wanting to be physically intimate, you might need to sit back and, and go beyond how offended you are at that and find out what's going on in their brain. It may have nothing to do with you. It may, in, in fact, it could be, as in a marriage, it could be, you know, he or she may be dealing with something in their mind that you need to help them through, and it may not have anything to do with you. Right. I mean, so it's a, a selfless act to try to talk about this and figure out, not make it all about you. Like, oh, well, I'm so offended, and so now I have an excuse, and it was your fault that, you know. So that I could go on a soapbox, I guess, but, but I won't. <laughs> well, and several of them come down to that same concept. You know, one, one of the ones that... The the one that I wanted to make sure that we mention specifically uh, was the last one. Um, he's already talked. I'm trying to get the list here. Um, I was trying to look. Uh, in, in number seven, every person is responsible for their own sin. But then he kind of comes back to that same concept in the last one, that your spouse is also not responsible for how you deal with temptation. In other words, maybe intimacy, and by that I really mean you know emotional and sexual and everything else, it may really be lacking right now for the things you're talking about. It could be your own fault. It could be the other person's fault. It could be hormones. It could be, it could be all kinds of stuff going on. And you could be tempted. He's already mentioned the list pornography. It could be a temptation you know, to be just a whole lot closer to, to another woman, in my case, man, in your case, than you should be. You know, Just you know, be a whole lot friend, you know, friendlier than you should be. Or obviously the temptation to give in to you know, full-blown ad- adultery. But... Just because I am tempted to do something like that, that's not your fault. Right. I am responsible for how I deal when I am tempted. Now, part of that, if you have a truly emotionally intimate marriage, should be, honey, I'm just going to be honest with you. I, I, I'm feeling feelings for another woman right now that I shouldn't be feeling. Now, is that a conversation any husband really wants to have? Nope. But... 
if there is a trust there and you haven't gone through with anything, there needs to be enough trust to be willing to say that, you know, I'm, I'm telling you this not because I'm tempted to do anything, but because I need help with how to, you know, deal with whatever, the connections, the relationship, whatever, um, and that's hard. But I'm also not saying, and this is your fault if that's the case. No, this is my fault. But I need help with how to deal with it, and how to deal with that. Yeah, I like that when he mentions, uh, <clears throat> he brings up pornography here, and honestly, it is a blight on our society right now. And and you know, there's always been perversions. Obviously, we were talking about mm-hmm. even in biblical times, you had, you know, sexual perversions that even were attached to religion, which, you know, that's hard for us to wrap our heads around. But I think. You know, you can all of so much of where people go wrong. It's all about just getting out of balance. I don't know why that's such an intriguing thought in my mind, but it is because you can say on one hand that, and I'll just speak like as as a woman here. You could say on one hand that a woman has has a obligation to try to satisfy and please her husband in this regard, and that's true. And we ought to tell people that we should say, you know, like maybe if you're talking about frequency or just, you know, like being and you know enjoying it. That that comes back to the Hebrews thirteen four passage that the marriage bed is undefiled. There is right. that connection there, and, so it's, and it's a beautiful thing. A woman has that obligation, but that that's true. But then you know, the, there's another side to that that when sometimes when you start teaching that, then here's this woman and. Who knows? She could be at home dealing with possibly her spouse is like maybe has expectations that are just mm-hmm. wrong, even you oh, know, yeah. or weird or whatever. And then she's feeling guilt over this. And then he could he could go off one day and say, "I'm just being really frank here. I mean, I don't know another way you can talk about this kind of no. stuff without being that way." But, but you know, he could go off. It's possible he can go off and talk about how he just you know wasn't you know, satisfied or fulfilled and she, she wasn't really, you know, do, you know, this or that. And, and it's her fault or at least partly her fault. And then that sounds unfortunate, but then I guess I'm just trying to say people, people can be so wrapped up in sin and there is a reason we're supposed to refrain from temptation, from lust and from stuff like pornography because it is a perversion. Yeah, and it does the defile the marriage bed, yeah. even if you haven't personally partaken in it. it it's a defilement of, of the marriage bed just because it exists. Yeah, and but, when, but specifically in marriage, you're right. And, and the word pervert, I was actually, if you didn't mention I was going to come back to that. That's, that's really, it's a sin for a lot of reasons, okay? Let me, yeah. let me get that out of the way. But as far as in the marriage, in that part of the marriage, to me, that's one of the main reasons it's a sin. Now, it's, again... Bible scholars, I know there are more. <laughs> I know there are more reasons why pornography is a sin, but that's one of the main reasons. Is because, well, I mean, you, you've been frank. Let me be. Let me be frank here. I was actually reading a book today. Uh, I'm, I'm in an online book club, and we're doing a book on marriage right now. And I, I saw this word in that book, and I love the book. And it's not a bad word, but it's one of those words that we use for the sexual relationship in marriage, out of marriage pornography, movies, everything, is its performance. 
And it's not a bad word necessarily. It's certainly not but really. When, good. But when you bring that concept into marriage, I, th- I think I know what we mean, mm-hmm. but that's not what it is. I mean, there is a sense in which you are trying to satisfy, like how you chose that word. But if, if we think of it primarily as a performance, and now we've perverted what that performance is supposed to be like through pornography or other things, you're going to have all kinds of problems because it's unrealistic, it's degrading, it's warped. Sometimes, frankly, it is weird, and it just messes up the idea this is supposed to be an expression. It's not supposed to be a performance, you know, at least not primarily for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, again, there's other reasons why it's wrong, but I'm, I'm glad you brought that one up kind of connected with, you know, this whole thing about dealing with temptation. Well, you know, well, she didn't perform. He didn't perform. When, when did this become a performance? It, 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 this isn't a show. It's it's an it's supposed to be an expression that yes has a you know, let's just again be frank there's a fun side to it but the primary is not some kind of show mm-hmm. it is expression and when intimacy is not there in other parts of marriage you know just emotional being there for one another just being frankly just being around one another and those sorts mm-hmm. of things that's sometimes where it becomes easier to try to make that part of marriage a performance Mm-hmm. Instead of, we just love each other. We, right. We're just connected to one another. And this is just, yes, a fun, but also just a natural expression of, we just like being together. Right. And people say all the time, you know, if, if that is, you, whatever problems you're having in, in that aspect of your marriage, it's not usually just starting there. No, if, almost never. Now, I know there there are, you know... <laughs> There's so much you could really say about this, but especially in this regard, like someone's just actively choosing, you know, or maybe they're not as, uh, you know, into it as you would like them to be, and that's, or they they just flat out sometimes just don't want to more than you, you know, want to be true and all of that, and then you end up, you know, having something like this happen. I guess I I think one of those, the main thing I got from some of these is that for one, do a self-examination start there and honest be honest (laughs) yes you know and then fix things that need to be fixed in your marriage and if you if you want that to work and you know the sad reality is someone sometimes people get wrapped up in sin and they have a genuine heart and they want true repentance sometimes sad reality is someone's wrapped up in sin and that sin has not didn't begin with that affair and it's not going to end with that affair it's just their per- sometimes a personality sometimes their other sin in their life is the reason they were having marriage trouble you just never mm-hmm. know with things like this and so i would you know this would be a side note i think it's more in our world of social media it is more and more important to be careful how to re- how do we respond to people who have some kind of marriage issue, who are very open on social media about what's going on, we really ought to be careful how we respond to that. Or, I'll, I'll just, I'm going to let you finish. I didn't mean to cut you off, but you said something. I wanted to just put a comma in there. Or, where we think we know what's going on. Right. Because and 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 I'm not I don't have anybody particular in mind because like I said we have seen I mean, this. I'm a sure. Ton yeah, I was say this over the a years. Lot. Right. But I also have had times where I thought I knew what was going on and then found out later I had no clue right. what was going on. And it's not that you don't want to be 
praying for someone or you know helping someone but just what's the right way of putting this Leah blindly taking sides right is very dangerous um, because the only side that matters is God's side and and social media is so public there's a difference I feel like in showing support to someone who mm-hmm obviously really need some Mm -hmm. help and they need support and maybe some love and guidance Mm -hmm. and we want to help you through this to me that's way different than than i don't know how to say this being so public with your support that it could be hurtful to the other party in that marriage yeah connected family children parents people see that yeah. You know, parent, like you said, family see that, and and it sometimes can get hurtful to see people who and, think they're trying to be good and helpful, and what you're seeing is. <laughs> well, and, and before before anybody thinks we're trying to, you know, we have anybody in mind. I I, I don't. You may. I don't because. Well, I mean, just, of course I do because well, I mean, there's I, a reason was, we're talking about stuff like this. Well, what like I was going to say was, it doesn't have to be on social media. You know, every church almost probably has somebody who's been through this sort of thing. We have to be very careful about, you know, buddying up to one person at church if, if the ex-spouse is still there, you know, and those sorts of things to where, and it's hard. There's there's no other way to put it. It is hard. But you have to be very careful of the fact that these are still souls, and these people still have um, emotions and feelings. There might be kids or at least parents or whatever involved. you got to be very careful about, like you said, just buddy-buddying up to, to one person, um and and you know maybe embarrassing, maybe hurting, you know, cutting off someone else when maybe you don't know the whole story, and probably, frankly, you don't. Right. You know, all of us probably, probably don't. Probably most of us wouldn't know the whole story. Yeah, but let's all right. Let's bring us back to our marriages real quick. We're running a little bit over on time. This podcast we can run for six hours. We want to have all the time anyway. Yeah. Um, let, let's just make make this really really practical as, as we close. Uh, for one thing, go read Brad's article. It'll take you five minutes. It's really short. It's not really an article. It's a Facebook <clears> post, but you know. It's, longer than your typical Facebook post. The, the 10 things I read are probably, what, a third of it, something like that. But the whole point we want to make in this podcast really is that if you are struggling with any type of intimacy, but specifically sexual intimacy, you are the one who has to deal with any temptation that might lead to. It is not your spouse's fault. Um, and you say, well, but she's not, he's not. No, no, no. What do you have to deal with? And sometimes that means you have to deal with each other. And you have to have conversations. But also maybe, you know what? That doesn't give me a right to go look at porn. That doesn't give me a right to go flirt with flirt with some girl at work just so I feel better about myself. No. this is No, no, no. Absolutely 100% not. You have to make sure you are not allowing that, whatever you want to call it, lack of something to give you license to go... Right. temptation and sin. Your your spouse may have a fault in this as far as yes, they, you know, they may need to work on something, but you can, you can't take their fault and then say, well then it it still would be your fault if you gave right. into temptation because right. we all can choose to right. do the right thing. Just because someone hurts you or even wrongs you never gives you license to sin. Right. 
and if it, and if it doesn't even give you license to go dabble in some type, type of temptation. We teach our children that from the time they're two and three years old. Just because right. some brother hits you or you know takes your toy does not mean you can throw the block back at him right. or whatever. But when it comes, you're right, and I'm not giving an excuse. I'm just saying it's just the truth. When it comes though to something as frankly powerful as sexual intimacy, we can throw those rules out the window real easy. Because it is that strong, just an emotional thing, a physical thing. And so we, we know that from the time we're two or three. But then my wife, you know, doesn't do something and my husband you know, won't do something. And because this is such a big, big deal, it's really easy to throw those boundaries right out the window and just go on and, and you know, not be what we should be. And that is working on ourselves and working on our marriage and, and gardening, you know, you know, watering your own garden mm-hmm. instead <laughs> Instead of yeah. looking somewhere else, this has been pretty deep, strong stuff. We yeah. start out with an announcement, and then we you know, we'll actually start with Traveling Wilburys talk. We don't always talk about things that are pleasant. No, we, we what we try to do is is have conversations, sort of like what we have, but just you know at a little bit deeper level. And we we'll usually sit around for thirty minutes talking about this stuff, but at least you know, hey, did you read this? Yeah, what'd you think? But uh, we, we try to think, okay, how could how could we take some conversations we have and maybe help somebody else or at least give you something to talk about. And a good place to talk about these kind of things is Reconnect, <laughs> which will be May the 12th. <laughs> no, seriously. Uh, we, we do want people to come and be encouraged by that. The uh, The link to this article, if you haven't seen it, will be in the show notes uh, for this episode, which you can find on fawnfamily.com. And uh, we hope that you will, t- again, it shouldn't take you 10 minutes to read through it, but it would be very, very much worth worth your time to be reminded of the, the biblical background, the list that, that Brad shared in this article. I'm scared to ask. Lee, anything else we need to say? <laughs> I think we probably should just say, yeah. thank you for listening. Yeah. We've probably gotten enough trouble, and this may be our last episode or something. We will try to get back in two weeks, but in two weeks, we'll be at the Freedom Harmony Lectures. So we may have to record early. We may have to skip a week or something, but we're, we're doing our best to stay on schedule. Two weeks ago, we had COVID, <laughs> so <laughs> what would be another time we had to get? But uh, we, we hope to have something recorded for that week. It may be like uh, a reflections on Freedom Harmony Lectures or something. I don't know. But anyway. <laughs> We hope this is encouraged this week. Lee, I love you. Love you. And until next time, remember your family can't go to heaven. Just make sure you go there together.